Hello, my name is Quinn Edgecombe and I'm the founder and CEO of Cali Bounce Inc. To me, femtech is the world finally waking up to the daily, weekly, monthly, yearly struggles that women and not just waiting it out to see what happens. We're actually doing something about it. We're researching and we're addressing these issues. Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto, and today's episode is sponsored by Witham. Witham is a forward-thinking, technology-driven advisory and accounting firm committed to helping companies be more profitable, efficient, and productive in today's complex business environment. Witham's dedicated Femtech team is proud to partner with the members of the Femtech community. Get to know their team at witham.com backslash femtech. In today's episode, I interview Quinn Edgecombe, founder and CEO of Cali Balance. Cali Balance is a medical device that treats benign proximal positional vertigo, known as BPPV, or more commonly known as vertigo. Women with menopause are disproportionately affected by vertigo. Kelly Balance is a med device that's worn around the patient's head and directs them on how to tilt their head, tracking the angle and the speed of the exercise. These maneuvers alleviate vertigo and are usually performed by a physical therapist in a healthcare office. With Kelly Balance, vertigo treatment could become more accessible for patients to perform the exercises at home. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Quinn. Welcome to the show. Hello. It's good to see you. It is so good to see you. You were like one of my oldest mentees, not in terms of age, but like in terms of like long-term mentoring. Well, I just, I always love the way that we met in the parking lot going to the first TMC Alpha. Um, do you remember that? Oh, it's coming back to me now. Yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah, yeah, I was parking, and we were gonna walk into an event. How how creepy was I? Was I super weird? Just approaching? It you? was. Yes, it was awesome. <laughs> I was like holding, I was holding a brief like my my Cali um uh hard case, uh-huh. and and then you're like, are you a founder? <laughs> and, and I was like, uh, yeah. Or like, are you a startup founder? And I'm like, uh-huh. yes. And he's like, are you going to the TMC Alpha event? And I'm like, yeah. And then we kind of like had some casual conversation. You talked about Capital Factory. And I was like, wow, what a woman to meet in the parking lot. Wow. Took it, taking me back, taking me back. I'm just this right? creepy <laughs> investor in parking lots looking for a female founders carrying briefcases that I know med devices are in. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh man. Well, you are, uh, you know, one of my favorite mentees. I love seeing uh, projects continue. And uh, we want to start though with your background. So we always love hearing the journey. 
you know, what did you study? What did you do as a career first? And like, how did you end up here? Okay. So I went to the College of Architecture and Design at the University of Houston. Mm-hmm. And I graduated with the Bachelor of Science of Industrial Design. And straight, well, I kind of want to backtrack because Cali really started my junior year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of my studio projects. Nice. And um, at the end of it, we really, all of our professors were like, you really have something here. And that inspired um, myself and my partner at the time, uh, just another one of my studio mates that uh, worked with me on it. He is now doing YouTube full time. You should check out his uh, website. I think it's oh. Ronald Finger. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then over the summer, we applied for a whole bunch of uh, design conferences and, or design competitions. And uh, uh, we didn't get a lot of them, but we got one of them. <laughs> and that's all we really needed to just like inspire us and put keep pushing forward um after that it was my senior year and I in October I got to go to Barcelona to present Cali at that design conference um Cali was one of the top 10 in the product design category for um reshape 19 and it's a international uh Barcelona comp- design competition okay. uh, for wearable devices, whether they're um, <clears throat> for fashion or for like medical reasons. So mm-hmm. that was amazing. It was so amazing. And, um, you know, sometimes you just have to ask. And so I asked my uh, college of architecture and design in the honors college. And so the whole trip was free and oh, I got to go. Oh and- my God. <laughs> I love that advice. Sometimes you just have to ask. I love that. I ask all the time of all the things because (laughs) many times you can just, you can go, right? Get conferences for free. If you just ask, like I, uh, in college went on a trip to Belize for a tropical marine ecology course. So I went to Belize for two (laughs) weeks and did coral reef research. I don't come from money. I could have never afforded that. But I asked yeah. the professor, like, are there scholarships? And she was like, you know what? There is a scholarship. Here, here's money. And I was like, oh, awesome. <laughs> you That's just so asked. amazing. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you so go to t- Barcelona, you get all this validation. And then what happens? Last semester of college, I take an amazing uh, business design class by Kelly McCormick. <laughs> um, Kelly McCormick. And- I love her. Yeah. I love that lady. She's an amazing professor at University of Houston. Yep. Seriously. There was something called pitch madness happening in, in March, you know, pitch competition. And I was like, well, maybe one of my products could be in this. And she's like, yeah, totally. And she got her friend Liana in the room and I pitched again to them about Cali and, and my thesis, but you know, it was mostly Cali that they were really, really interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that just really gave me really big encouragement. And then that, that's when they told me about Red Labs. They're like, yeah, do pitch madness. But also have you heard about Red Labs? Red Labs is a startup accelerator based out of the University of Houston. You know, sometimes accelerators can be a real waste of time. And it makes me <laughs> very, very angry. Um, yeah. A lot of emotion about some negative emotion about some accelerators because I feel like it stunts growth. But there are some programs that are absolutely critical. Um, and Red Labs of University of Houston is a fantastic accelerator because it's really about people, you know, 
really innovative college students with an idea early stages. And that's really when the help is useful. And, um, and it's in it quite literally an acceleration and not a, a stunt of growth. Yeah. And I think especially since it's for students and their ideas, it's a starting step. It like, <laughs> I know startup, but I also totally messed up at pitch madness. Like I forgot to use my clicker and I, it's a two minute pitch and you cannot recover from a two minute pitch. Um, so like I was like, after pitch madness, I was like, I'm done, you know? And I think Kelly or, or Liana or both like reached out to me and like, Hey, I haven't seen your red labs application. Mm -hmm. And you know, they just, that last little push of like, Hey, you can still do this by yourself. No matter what happened at pitch madness, keep like, let's do this. I know that like, you'll be good for this program. And then the summer starts, I graduate and I don't breathe, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was just such a fun, amazing summer and very educational summer. I feel like I worked really hard. And, and the thing I always say about Red Labs is I literally pretended to be a CEO and founder of a company for a summer. And I came out a CEO and founder of a company. Um, make it till you so. make it is absolutely real. I remember yeah. my first company, um, you know, people were like, oh, you're, are you going to found this company? You're going to start this company? I'm like, well, I'm a scientist. Like I'm not an, I'm not a business person. I don't know if I'm a founder. Yes. I think I'm a really good co-founder. I'm a good, you know, and people are like, what are you talking about? Like you're smoking crack because <laughs> you are a founder. And uh, I can't even looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe how long of a time I was actually insecure about whether or not I was a leader or not. And it's like, obviously, you know, but it wasn't until I started faking it. And then I was like, oh my God, actually, I'm not really faking anything. This is totally who I am. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That, that was just so, so crazy. And then another, um, like, you know, (laughs) meeting with you at the Bayou Startup Showcase you made both me and my mom cry when you gave us the golden ticket <laughs> to the Capital Factory. <laughs> so for our listeners who don't know, I was working at a Accelerator Venture Fund uh, Capital Factory, and we have these golden tickets. It's like three months of free mentoring. And so I gave Callie one, or well, Quinn, the founder of Callie, a, a ticket in front of her mom and they cried. And I felt like the most influential woman in the world you know so special so special and I, you know what I'm hearing a lot in your story is like so many times somebody it sounds like a lot of women in particular were reaching down and saying hey Quinn come over here come over here come yes. over here. you know oh. like that is like totally my mission today is to to do that to others because I know it did, was done for me too and um a lot of times that's all we need is that email hey I haven't heard from you like really interested still like and we don't know what kind of dark place that founder could be in potential founder right could be in mm-hmm. and that email that text that like conversation in the parking lot could be the thing that makes them be like damn maybe I got this you know yes Awesome. Well, let's get into what is Cali, Cali Battle. Okay. <laughs> so what, what is it? Yeah. So Cali is a medical uh, device company and we help people that suffer from vertigo complete therapeutic maneuvers to help alleviate their symptoms. What is vertigo? Yes. So vertigo is 
And here, let me, so vertigo is the widely known term, but what we help with specifically is BPPV, which is benign paroxysmal positional vertigo. And I don't have to get into too much like nitty gritty there. Maybe I'll get into a little bit of the science. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so ver ver a lot of people know what vertigo is and it's an immense dizziness. Immense. And, you're, yeah. and you're basically completely debilitated from doing anything. And I'll kind of talk about like the symptoms of this. You know, if you can imagine you just came off a roller coaster. Um, some people get vertigo because of, um, heights and that kind of stuff and, and roller coasters and those kinds of spinning rides. But other people actually just get it on a daily basis because of an inner ear issue. Okay. And yeah. Is? Yes. Okay. So it's something, it's actually like an invisible disease <laughs> because mm. like you can get as many MRIs <laughs> and you, it'll never show up. Like you really? can't. So then how's yeah. it diagnosed? It's, so that's actually one of the biggest issues is that it's, if you, if the, if your doctor doesn't know about BPPV, it's really hard to diagnose. Oh. Um, and I can talk about this with, um, with actually one of my friends at work. Um, she, she came up to my desk one day and she told me about her lightheadedness and then she started describing BPBB and I was just like, I odd, like wide eared listening to her, <laughs> uh, <laughs> trying not to interrupt her being like, I have a company about this. <laughs> um, but, you know, so I just like listened to her whole story and I've got to talk to her a bit more about it today, but you know, it's, it's, she, go, you go to your primary care physician or maybe you go to emergency care, you have dizziness. They might think you're having a stroke. Mm. Um, they might think that you're having a heart attack. Um, you know, there's all these different things. They'll t make you do all these really expensive tests. Mm -hmm. um, this happened to another friend of mine. Um, and, and then at the end, they're like, we don't really know what you do, what you have. Or maybe they say, like in Elizabeth's case, they say, you have vertigo. Here's some steroids. Steroids. Go home. Okay. <laughs> it's there, you're laughing. So, the steroids is probably not the right treatment for BPVV. No, no, like it's, oh, it's okay. just, it's just drugs. It's a, it's a sedative. It's just like, oh, here, here's how you can feel numb and maybe feel better. But once the steroids wear off, you're not going to feel better. Yeah. You know? Well, let's talk so, about the biology of it then. So it's not yes. look on an MRI. It kind of manifests in like a dizziness, lightheadedness thing. So what the heck is happening? And you're saying steroids can't fix it. So what the heck is happening? Yeah. So, um, BPPV is an inner ear issue. And there's, um, and this, I'll say it in, in a couple of different ways, but it's calcium carbonate uh, buildup in your ears and everyone has it. And it's usually like set in place, but as you get older or if you get a concussion or if something is happening in your ear, um, in your inner ear, there's a lot of different reasons for it. Um, those calcium carbonate crystals can actually get displaced in your inner ear. Uh -huh. And then they start to make their way into the semicircular canals. And any, let's say that you move your head at a, a kind of quick angle, mm -hmm. like, or you're, or you're bending down, you're gardening and you're bending down to yeah. garden and you you lift your head up suddenly. Yeah. Then you start to experience vertigo because the crystals start to um, actually brush against little hairs in your semicircular canals. 
And that's what causes immense dizziness and complete debilitation. Oh my gosh. So what I hear you saying is that we have calcium crystallized in our ears, normal. It's there. It's usually sedentary, just sits there. Something happens, aging, concussions. I hope we get into some more effects of how it, you know, that gets dislodged. But essentially you move around and it's like these, it's like a little ski balls in your ears and they hit the inner ear hair, which is yeah. what is actually sensing balance. Uh, yes. So you'd quite literally do, it's like as if you really are upside down on a roller coaster because yeah. like your body doesn't know any different, right? Exactly. You can't walk. You can't, she, she can't even sit down without falling to the side, you know? And if you're laying down, you feel like you're flying, you get no relief. Wow. You know? So here now I'm going to share, my mom had a, a season of vertigo and this poor woman, she called me. She said, oh my God, Britt, I just laid in bed and I, and I am crying because I'm pretty sure I thought a stroke. And she eventually went to doc. She went to doc. She found out she had vertigo, but she said like vertigo. No, no, no. I was dying. Like something was wrong. Cause she was laying in bed and she was like, it was like the world was spinning and I was sick and nauseous. And, um, and then a few <laughs> incidences after that, I mean, I hate to laugh, but she was like, she kept falling down in the bathroom stall because every oh, yeah. time she went to sit down, she would get the like vertigo attack. She'd call yeah. it an attack. And she would like fall over, you know, and I'm like, oh "Oh my God, mom, like, this is terrible, you know, like, and who knew how common it was? I didn't know. Yeah. So how common is it? There is 24.6 million people who suffer from BPBV in the United States. In the United States alone, 24 over 24 million. Yes. Wow. That's like two, four, six, eight, 10. And if we have 300 million... That's a lot. <laughs> it's like yeah, five percent at least. Um, and so, uh, is it usually older people? Does age have something to do with it? You said age definitely has stuff to do with it. So, um, <clears throat> the people who we see that have BPPV the most are people over forty. Okay. Um, I would say that that's like when it really starts to peak. That does not exclude people younger than that. I assure you. But, um, but it's, it's, there's a couple different things and there's a really interesting stuff that we'll talk about later, just, just specifically about women, but, um, but for, you know, males and females, like, you know, your, your inner ear is starting to get older as your body is, you know, and stuff starts to deteriorate and start stuff starts to, um, you know, dis dislodge those crystals in your inner ear. And it doesn't happen to everyone, but it happens to a lot of people. I feel like every conversation I have with someone, they're like, oh yeah, my aunt, my uncle, my sister, you know, my my mom. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Well, let's dive into the, if this is the Femtech Focus podcast. So let's dive into the women. Is this something we would consider disproportionately affecting women? Yeah. So, um, there's, there's honestly so much more research that needs to be done on this. I will say that thing we hear that is a common common (laughs) thing we hear. Yes. But uh, one of the most common um, statistics I hear is that it's like a two to one ratio and sometimes even a three to one ratio of women to men wow. getting BPBB. And why? And you know why? It, so it's not a conclusive answer. Um, but the leading cause is that uh, 
they think is due to hormonal fluctuations. So right when you're starting to have like premenopausal or during menopause, all those changes in hormones in your body um, is one thing that they have seen be affecting it, especially like when, when you look at the age groups of the women in that age group who are all going through those, like through that, at that similar age. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like, and they, they talk about, you know, either an estrogen deficiency or like a drastic change in estrogen, because there's also a weird link and not like there was a, a a ginormous amount. There was a, a study done in Nebraska. Um, and there wasn't like a giant amount of teenagers that had BBBB, but out of the ones that did, it was majority girls. Uh, and if you can think about it, you know, they're starting to have their periods. They're just like going into womanhood. And you know, that's a really big fluctuation in estrogen as well. Wow. So that's one of the leading ideas, I would say, you know, it's not, nothing's like set in stone and there's so much more research that needs to be done, but, um, well, that's the yeah. window of time my mom was getting the vertigo was uh, that year of not having periods consistently right before her menopause day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we actually interviewed some uh, menopause founders on the show and they were bringing up, uh, you know, one of the 35 menopause symptoms is vertigo. And I was like, what? Like, wow. And I was asking them like, why? And like most menopause symptoms are like, don't know, like not enough reason. No one's funding it. Like what? I really want to make like a femtech like labs, you know, like research the stuff. Cause like, this is crazy. I can't keep interviewing people and asking them, well, why does this happen? And literally nine out of 10 people say, well, (laughs) I don't know. Like no one's done the research. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. What are some of the solutions? And I guess this brings us kind of back to Cali balance. Um, if it's not steroids, if we can't even see it, if, you know, uh, a huge thing that we struggle with at Femtech is like doctors not believing women. So maybe they're like, oh, you're just yeah. lightheaded or dizzy. You're not drinking enough or something, you know? So like, yeah, what is the solution. Uh, yeah. So basically women, if you have vertigo and you go to your primary care or emergency care and they tell you go home try again, go to a specialist, go to an ENT, not only ENTs know about it either, I will say, but most, most of them do. Um, and, um, and then physical therapists as well. And mostly physical therapists who they're, they're specialists. I would say that there's physical therapists that are about like, you know, your arms, your legs, that type of recovery, but there are like, you know, um, different types of physical therapists that will know these exercises. Okay. Well, that's really leading us into what's the cure. Cause I would have never thought physical therapy would help my inner ear. How would that help? Yes. So, um, there are exercises, there's maneuvers that you can actually do. So if you can think about it, what's happening in your inner ear is a physical thing. The calcium carbonate crystals are physically moving in your semicircular canals. So we can physically move them back where they're supposed to be or at least out of the canals. So you're not experiencing this dizziness. Yeah. Almost so, like that little pinball, like on a game. Like if you're trying to balance the game and put the ball in the walls, like that kind of. Yes. Thing. Okay. Yes, exactly. Um, that's exactly how <laughs> it's, it's like. <laughs> I get um, branded little games. Like that's what you give out of swag. 
like that's that would a, be cute. cute that's cute writing it down <laughs> memory bank so what are the how do the physical therapists know like where in the head to go and like how to move the head oh uh, that is probably one of the coolest things I got to learn over this journey so it, pros and cons you they have to do a um an a maneuver called the Dixall pike that's kind that's the ex, the expensive test it's not expensive it's literally them holding your head and and kind of inducing vertigo people will put you through an mri and do all these like crazy expensive tests when the real test that they just need to do is the dixall pike um so they perform the dixall pike on on you and you're probably like like elizabeth she was scared out of her mind like you know about just like you're i'm gonna fall and he's like no i've got you you know like so they're 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 holding them and holding their head and as they do this they'll actually see something in your eye vibrating and it yes yes and it's called nystagmus and so depending on whether it's upper to the side or lower Mm -hmm. and what eye it's on depends on what side you're experiencing bbbb and which canal in your inner ear the crystals are which then tells you what exercise you have to do Wait, how are the physical therapists catching this person who's kind of falling backwards and looking at their eye that intensely without having to do it 50 times? <laughs> like, so there's, do it? One, one way that some of them do it is they just have like these goggle things that, that records their eyes. Oh, good. Okay. Um, yeah. And there's also some other like um, people who are working on that type, type of technology right now. Okay. Um, that. Yeah. And so that, that would kind of actually diagnose it a bit more. Yeah. And do you have any idea about the history of this? Like who the hell was like, Hey, this person with vertigo, every time they lean back really fast, their left eye twitches up to the left. (laughs) Like, How does that, what is the biology behind that? There. So the main exercise that you do after the Dixall Pike is the Epley maneuver. And that is the most effective. Um, It's, you know, over, I feel like it's, 80 to like somewhere in the mid 90% effective. Okay. Um, uh, and it's called the Epley maneuver. And there is a Dr. Epley that came up with it. And I think that he's one of the, um, you know, founders of that <laughs> technique. Wow. And there's, but there's a lot of different maneuvers as well. So, but that would be really, I should look into that a bit more about that history. I think I looked into it a while back, but yeah, and usually investors don't ask you about the history. I'm just a weirdo podcast host who asks all these questions. <laughs> founders are like, honestly, I've never thought about that. Um, so, but do you know anything about the biology? Like, why would your eye twitch in a certain direction based on a deposit in your ear? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, I, I don't. Um, but no, I'm like, definitely going to ask one of my ENT friends. Definitely <laughs> do that. And Quinn, on honestly, I would not be surprised if they say we don't know, but it works. <laughs> because that's just how femtech usually works so um all right so they do this they do this test uh where they kind of jolt the person backwards they watch their eye flicker and then they have to do what how what's the treatment now they found out maybe it's in the left ear it's in a certain canal what how do they treat it yeah so they're probably going to start with the epley maneuver Mm -hmm. um and they're gonna do there's two epley maneuvers there's one on your left side there's one on your right side um, and then they will perform the Epley maneuver. So, um, it's mostly done, like you, you, you're sitting up and you have to be, be brought down and then your head has to be at certain angles for certain amounts of time. 
Um, and like, you have to be at those specific set angles. Um, so, and the physical therapist, there's a lot of videos online. You'll see them holding the person's head, you know, cause at this point they're still dizzy. Um, how can you expect them oh, to keep their yeah, head yeah. at that right, correct angle? Yeah. Um, so for our listeners who are not watching the video recording of this, we essentially yeah. <laughs> yoga for your neck where you're like, you know, left ear to left shoulder, right ear to right shoulder, and then back a little bit and then forward a little bit, but much more scientific. Yeah. And I then add like, like twitching, like it's not that easy. I know. I know. <laughs> but like add like turn your head 45 degrees. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second. What is 45 degrees? You know? Yeah. And so these little tilts help get the calcium deposit back in the right spot. Does it usually cure vertigo or is this something that like, um, you know, disproportionately women have to deal with like forever and like continue to go back? So it's really, really different for every single person. Um, but there is a recurrence rate of BPBV, which is really unfortunate. 20 to 30 to even 50% of people who have experienced BBBB will experience it again. Yeah. And so one of the things that a physical therapist or an ENT might suggest to their patient is, hey, here, I've, I've helped you today, but over the next couple of days, I want you to do this three times a day. And they give them some, that type of like prescription. Mm-hmm. So now imagine this person who is dizzy having to go home and do these exercises by themselves. And I will tell you, there are so many resources online, free, free resources. But if you can also imagine, like, like when you're doing yoga on online, like you're, you're looking up at the screen every five seconds to see what they're doing. Yeah. These exercises are about keeping your head at a specific angle for a certain amount of time. Uh, So it doesn't even make sense to watch YouTube video because it's about like not looking up or like staying still. Yeah. It's counterproductive. Okay. Yeah. So you, and I I will not, I I can tell you that some people are going to be able to do it correctly at home, you know, but like, what about all the other people who can't? Yeah. Or or who are too scared to do it by themselves. And that's where Cali Balance comes in? That is exactly where Cali Balance comes in. Cali Balance is, yeah, so Cali Balance is a wearable device that tracks the angle of your head and lets you know when you're in the right position and when you're in the wrong position using haptic feedback. And it also talks you through the exercises. So last time I saw it, it was like this really cool little like half, headband like really big headphones you know like <laughs> today's world big headphones right because we have like these little oh yeah you see but uh you know the headphones I grew up with but it's on the back of your head and it kind of buzzes when you move your head in a certain angle so is it still looking like that today that is our first prototype um but we are currently working on our second prototype we're going to be able to slim it down and Uh, make a lot of really cool uh, upgrades to it. So my gosh, so cool. What would be like, um, if you were able to wave a magic wand and get um, like funding for vertigo, like what's the one, what's your number one, like research question you wish that they would look into first? Oh, what a wonderful question. More information about all of the people who are suffering from this, yeah. you know, 
mm-hmm. because I have a sliver and, and so, and it's so hard to actually come up with that number because there are so many different sources that say so many different things. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a real struggle to actually get a good statistic. <laughs> um, and they've been evolving. Like, you know, it's been evolving over, over the past couple of years. Like you'll see my, if you watch my Bio Startup Showcase, I think my amount of people has changed, you know, because one, because it's growing. Two, because my statistics are changing and I'm getting less or more information that isn't like directly aligned. So I want, I want more research done on, how many people are really affected by this, yeah. um, you know, starting the United States and, and how many people are living with this undiagnosed. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not almost about just research, but it's about like education. Mm-hmm. I, at some, someday I want it BPPV to be as well known as a concussion. You go to the emergency care um, and you're like, okay, this person is dizzy. Do they have a concussion? They have a list of questions to say, like, are you concussed? And then they have a list of questions. Okay, so they're not, they don't have a concussion. What do they have? BPPV, you know? And um, there's actually another, like, market of athletes who suffer from BPPV. If you can imagine, you know, a soccer player who heads the ball <laughs> 10 yeah. times a day or more is suffering from BPBV and they don't, you know, it's just not known. It's the, it's not one of the top things that they're like, Oh no, you probably just have a concussion. It's like, well, it could be BPBV. You should look into it. And then they could probably go back to playing if they just had this little maneuver of their head instead of like taking months out suffering. Exactly. Interesting. Well, so what I hear you saying is like research on the public health in the, you know, prevalence in the community, yes. literally just the prevalence of it. So it's so crazy how that's like, that's a pretty basic question, you know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. Say like some like neurological, you're like, you're just like, yeah, all I want to know is who has it. Like, that's all I want to know. <laughs> Cause I know a lot of people do. So yeah. Wow. That's yeah. great. Well, um, Quinn, this is so much fun talking with you. I love seeing you grow over these years uh, from having, you know, found you in a parking lot outside of event. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I want to ask you two last questions uh, that our listeners love. The first one is if someone wanted to start a femtech company, what's an area in women's health and wellness that you think still needs innovating? Sex education for middle school and high school students. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I was probably like 11 or 12, I went to a British school and I got, you know, I, I got to, um, have that conversation with the nurse, you know, all the girls went to the nurse uh, and then all the guys went, I don't even know who they talked to, maybe the PE yeah. teacher, <laughs> Yeah. but you know, we had that conversation right at 12. I had high school junior year in America and, um, and the sex education chapter was skipped. so on like just just go buy it next yeah yeah and it's it's just like I want I want it to not be an awkward conversation that parents have to have with their kids I want it to be something like a resource you know even if it was an application but like a safe place for boys and girls to learn about sex not in an awkward way not through porn not through porn I mean you know go for it for whoever likes it but like 
men learning that that's what sex is, is not really great or, or, or girls too, as well, you know, um, that type of expectation. <laughs> um, so that's something that I think would be so, so important. Um, 100%. So one of yeah. the things that I, um, you know, I think about this a lot too, and, you know, we have kind of a youth, um, goal at Femtech Focus as well in terms of like, how can we target the youth, right? Uh, so we'd have to do less education of adults <laughs> if we educate them young. But what I always find to be the biggest barrier is when you are trying to target youth, you usually need the parents' approval first. And so uh-huh. that like sales cycle or the marketing cycle is like really hindered on like, well, how do the parents feel about it? You know, and then you got the whole issue of uh, market, you know, barriers of Facebook saying you can't say that, you know, or the app store saying we can't have an app that does that, you know, and uh, yeah. so what I I'm not saying that that is a bad idea because it is actually one of the best ideas is sex education, but um man, anyone who's like working on it, God bless you. God bless you. Because I think about it and I think about all the barriers and I'm like, oh, please let there be some very, very strong people out there working hard on this. Um, And I think it has to do with policy change too, right? Yeah. Well, we just got our new Congress sworn in and it's the record uh, highest number of women ever, 121 women. Yeah. Yeah. Highest ever. So awesome. More uteri in the house and we will get more uteri funding is my hope. Um, And then our last question, Quinn, is what do you think the femtech industry as a whole needs the most right now in order to be successful? I would say support for the femtech community. Uh, Talk to people, talk to people about these things, normalize saying period, normalize saying, I know you do this all the time on the, on the podcast, Um, you know, normalize these daily, monthly, yearly, natural things that are happening to, you know, half the population. (laughs) Um, And, you know, of course, I feel like I've heard this multiple times, but it's like, you know, investors open up your ears and be willing to learn about these niche markets <laughs> that aren't so niche yeah um that you just don't know about so just yeah. be open to to learn so uh, I love that normalizing the v word right uh mm-hmm. I actually just uh was mentoring another founder today on her pitch deck and she's making yoga pants that have material that are healthy for your vag- vagina um nice so vaginal health priority yoga pants. And she says she keeps getting uh, feedback from investors and mentors saying, maybe like you just say vaginal, like too much. Maybe we could like leave that part out. And she's like, then they're just yoga pants like this. Like, and she said, but you know what? I hear it so often that sometimes I go to bed at night wondering like, am I saying vagina too much? And she's like, no, no, I'm not like, (laughs) that's their problem. You know? We have to say the V word, y'all. Yes. Quinn, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, I am really excited to see you continue. This is obviously really important to us because Femtech is not just about periods and vaginas. It's about things that disproportionately or differently affect women and vertigo, obviously on the disproportionate side. And if it has anything to do with menopause, then... For sure, it's a femtech issue and we are excited to have highlighted it today. So thanks for what you do. Yeah, of course. 
Thank you for listening to my interview with Quinn Edgecombe, founder and CEO of Cali Balance. I love when we talk about ailments that disproportionately affect women because usually I had no clue that women were affected more often. It's not just me. Most people don't realize that we have things that affect us more than men. Also, there's no science to back up why. I thought the biology behind vertigo was super fascinating, but we obviously need to find out what the connection is between menopause and the salt deposits in our ear canals. I wish we could start like a femtech institution where all things women's health could be thoroughly funded, researched, and published. I will add it to the list of things I want to do. <laughs> Alrighty, fem fans. If you want to stay connected with Femtech Focus, then join our virtual community, which is growing like crazy. We recently launched our Fem Pro membership for $10 a month in our virtual community, and it gives you access to a library of recorded Femtech content and free tickets to our Femtech Fundamental events. This week's Femtech Fundamentals workshop is on Wednesday, February 10th at 1 p.m. Eastern, and I will be covering all things fundraise strategy. I'll be giving you a playbook for how to successfully raise a round of capital. We also have our Monday night podcast listening parties, a Femtech book club, and weekly office hours on Clubhouse. To register for these services and events, go to femtechfocus.org and subscribe to our newsletter and join the community. While there, also please consider setting up a recurring donation to Femtech Focus. We are a 501c3 nonprofit and rely on your donations to operate. Okay, Fem fans, until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness. Mm-hmm.